of the world. Welcome back to the Coaches Rising podcast. This is episode number 24, and this podcast is all about being an extraordinary coach. And today I'm going to be speaking with Patricia Albert on the topic of evolutionary relationships. She recently published a book called Evolutionary Relationships, Unleashing the Power of Mutual Awakening. And I think that book contains some very important ideas that can both challenge us and inspire us to evolve as coaches. Patricia is, uh, you know, she both acknowledges the importance of the this paradigm of, of developing our individuality and what that's brought to the world. But she also challenges it and points to how we can become a little kind of obsessively focused in our own self-concern and success. She uses the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that she says coaching has been really powerful. It emerged out of this self-actualization domain where people pursued their own growth and their own goals and success. Patricia points to how evolutionary relationships have a very different feel to them and they emerge out of this transcendence level in Maslow's hierarchy. So we'll explore what the, the qualities, the, the, the feel is of that type of relationship. A little bit about Patricia. She's the founder and director of the Evolutionary Collective and an internationally known teacher and author. And she is really one of the pioneers in this field of we space practice, which I've seen explode around the world in the last few years. It's really amazing what's going on there. She's worked with over 200,000 people in groups over the last 40 years, including um, she did a lot of work with Werner Erhard, who, who actually contributed a lot of language to, to the coaching dictionary concepts like breakdown and breakthrough. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, interviews with pioneers in the field of coaching, leadership, and personal development, then you can head to coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. Alrighty, let's dive in. Hey, Patricia. So super cool to see you. I mean, we actually met face to face quite some years nice. back. Yeah, in Amsterdam. Yeah. But I remember that meeting we had and I, I, it was beautiful. And so we're going to probably touch in today about that work. We're going to talk about evolutionary relationships today, and um, I've been reading your new-ish book. I think this is an important topic for coaches. I think that this kind of work and the we space work that's emerging into the world is one of the leading edges of, of being in relationship together and waking up together, and that's what coaching is. So, so I want to kind of maybe start from the ground up and, and ask you, well, what is an evolutionary relationship? to you yeah um and i love this is um you know that you have a audience of people who work with people mm -hmm. it has a different listening you know people listen i think more deeply into how they can use whatever i'm saying to serve other people as well as for themselves so i always like that um so an evolutionary relationship like in maslow you know if you look at maslow's hierarchy um there are relationships kind of on all levels there's relating at all levels. You know, it can be very basic, you know, sort of logistics together. You know, if you're looking at a sort of traditional romantic relationship, you know, logistics, basic sex, 
um, kind of separate, moving around, getting things done, works better to live together than apart. And you keep going up through, you know, safety and esteem and, you know, people that are more actualized being together and really supporting each other's purposes. That would be more of a coaching level, mm-hmm. you know, where you hope to get people up to the place where they, they have a, a, you know, a purpose that they're clear about and that they're empowering each other's purpose as well as loving each other and having fun and, you know, whatever else they're doing. Um, but that would be an actualized, that would be up at actualization. And there's more fullness there. It's not from deficiency that you're together, you know, that you need something from the other, but it's more of a place of, of abundance, like wanting to give and wanting to empower one another and support each other. Where, where the evolutionary relationship goes and keeps going has to do with the level that he, he added later, Maslow, called transcenders. And the transcending level is the transpersonal level. It's the level where, you know, there are a lot of very highly actualized people that are never very curious about mystery. You know, they're not curious about um, other states of consciousness or things that aren't um, kind of practical or, or things that they can get really good at, you know, you know, they're a little bit more success oriented. And Transcending, you know, moves you into a very different possibility. So, you, so evolutionary relationships aren't something you basically have with everyone. It's with those particular people. Um, you're lucky if you have a couple of people that you can have a living evolutionary relationship with, you know, because it's consciously chosen. Um, you're exploring consciousness that's happening in the space between you and you're leaning into kind of the mystery, you're leaning into what's emergent and you're, and it's less practical. It's not about trying to heal each other or trying to help you achieve your goals or help you to get enlightened or, you know, we're so goal oriented. And, and one of the great things about coaching, you know, I was with Werner Earhart, you know, mm. 10 billion years ago before there was ever coaching, there was only therapy back in those days. And so we brought transformation into the world and coaching, you know, all the coaching schools started from the people I knew. And so it's a very different, very powerful modality of empowering people to be clear, to know what their purpose is, to stay focused and to really, um, you know, have integrity and get aligned and create momentum and be able to really be super effective, um, realized people actualized people, right? Mm. Uh, What this is, it takes it further, you know, and just like if you were to be, if you were like an amazing dancer, um, there's a point where you could get coached and you can get really good at dancing. And then there's a point where you have to dance from nowhere. Right. You kind of have to like do it and you don't even know what you're doing or why you're doing, you know, it's kind of, it like goes past any possible ego agenda and, and, and with consciousness, what I've been discovering working with the evolutionary collective and working like with thousands of people at this point is, you know, not everybody's ready for that. Most people are more interested in their goals and the things they could accomplish, but there's enough people that are kind of curious about like, but then what? And when you start to move into those other, like a, a place of leaning in and kind of going where you're not trying to get somewhere and you're not trying to accomplish something, something else takes over 
and you start to move into a kind of mastery it's what I call orchestration and uh, Dr. Robert Keegan, who you're probably familiar with, you know, self-transforming mind level of consciousness is, you know, the, the, the practices that I teach and, and, and the place that I come from is, is it's exactly teaches people how to move into that self-transforming mind where you're no longer trying to evoke some kind of result. You're actually trying to get so close to the emergent truth together kind of like you're touching fingers and you're like what's that what's that what's that you know you're and then you move into an interpenetrating level of being so it's not even separate reciprocal you know often with coaching i'm over here you're over there and i'm coaching you you know there's reciprocity in it or i'm in action giving you something and you're receiving hopefully but this is interpenetration where you like you're inside I'm inside you, you're inside me, we're inside something, you know, it's all one thing that's moving and happening. And something else happens from there. You know, your consciousness starts to get reworked so that you don't actually, like I don't actually experience having the, the more individual moving through life on my own consciousness particularly anymore. It's really changed since I've seen you. Yeah. It was like four years ago. Um, it becomes really multidimensional, very light. Like I have a teacher, one of my teachers who's working with me. Um, she, I was doing a weekend in New York last weekend with people that are in the Evolutionary Collective, which is a very committed group that are really work exploring the edge of things. And she's not teaching that group. She started to teach some of the newer people with me. And somehow there was a chair in front of the room and, I just said, why don't you sit there? And, you know, we were teaching something about something. And I said, why don't you teach that? I mean, neither, we were out of our minds. It was like, there was no like, oh, I should have her do this. This would be good. She'll stretch. She'll learn. I mean, there was, she was not in her mind at all. And neither was I. And something was just happening. And later we were just like, she just was there. And she was speaking and she was doing things. Like we were just like, we were being orchestrated to the point where we didn't even know we were being orchestrated because she wasn't supposed to be in front of the room with me doing any of it. <laughs> so it was um, very cool. It was like the most exciting. Yeah. It was exciting because it was so mindless. And like the, to respond to that, I think yeah. that there's a way that of course you've done years and years of practice and, and refined your faculties and opened up and made that you know, um, maybe a more permanent trait. And and yeah. I, I, what I remember from the work and what I know from this work myself in my own kind of um, we space practices, and we'll define what that means in a moment, but right. is that it, it's fast as well, yeah? Because people might be listening going, oh, you know, Patricia's done all this practice. It'll take that's, forever, right? You know, yeah, that's, you know, only a few people can get that. But actually, I think this is a very practical, accessible technology that we're talking about yeah it's 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 even more than that but um you know just to say a little bit about the mutual awakening just to define that practice which is in the book you know it's it's the chapters in the book are describing the activating principles for the consciousness so it's describing the possibility of this kind of relatedness then what's mutual awakening which is awakening together and then what are the activating principles to turn that on more and more 
So if we were practicing and we wanted to keep having it become more and more, then the activating principles are basically, you know, that information. Um, and the mutual awakening practice, just so that people understand, at the moment, you know, it's been for the last eight years or so defined, you know, within a half an hour practice that you do with another person, which, you know, is like doing meditation, only you meditate with your eyes open with another person and you're leaning into a certain space and you're leaning into a very different kind of consciousness. It's not witnessing consciousness. It's interpenetrative being one exploring together. And then you just sort of go wherever you go, you know, think things happen from there, but it's, um, it's different than, than what you would get from a deep meditation. Yeah. So, I, but, but let oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to add one more thing because I think this is really important. I, I notice there are more and more coaches who are interested in this interpenetrating space that you're talking about. I know in my own coaching that there's something about this when you let go of the goals, when you let go of, um, you know, that we need to get somewhere and you, and you kind of let go and surrender to what's here right now, that there's a kind of intelligence that can start to come through and infuse the relationship and the, and the, the conversation. And that um, whilst some people might say, Oh, that doesn't look very practical, you know, from that, from that kind of self-actualizing level, actually it does bring something very, very um, powerful. Yeah. It's different. I mean, the thing that there are lots of little distinctions that you have to pay attention to in this, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about is with the particular practice that, that I'm talking about, it's in a different, like, like being in the moment and being deeply in the moment, you know, so that your inner senses and your subtle senses are quite open and you're available to whatever wants to happen is a very, is different than where we're leaning into. So where we're leaning into is more the emergent present future. It's like we're connected more to the future in the moment, not the future in your head, but like we're leading toward where is it all, like where is it emerging? That's the evolutionary part. So it's kind of weird. It's not like I call taste the strawberry kind of moment, you know, where you just go deeply into your senses and you really feel your feet on the ground and the quality of the air on your skin. You include all that, but it's a very different moment. That's more the moment. That's a postmodern moment. You know, that's an Eckhart Tolle moment, you know, where you go into the timeless and you go into the, the fullness of this particular present moment. It does include that, but it, it really has a very different meaning how do you know then uh, like how do you learn to tune into that sense of the future that's that's here right now? It's beautiful way to put it. Well, the, the particular practice, the, the um, like I was telling you before, I have finally, we've got the book <laughs> getting things together to make this uh, really shareable in the world in a much wider, you know, bigger way is I do like a five part mutual awakening practice teaching online on zoom. And, you know, you, it isn't just like you do it once and you've got it. You have to keep learning, like, where do you lean? Where do you come from? What are you paying attention to? How do, you know, because otherwise, like, if I asked you, like, what are you experiencing right now? You could just be tracking your 
somatic experience and that wouldn't be it at all. Mm. So where you teach people how to lean into is number one, you come from what I call the origination point. You come from this causal dimension of self that's very particular, that's you. It's really you, but it's not a, it's not you in form. It's the formless part of you, but it is particular. It's not also um, universal, you know, you're everything. It's not that either. So first you have to teach people where to come from. And then you and I are inside each other there. So when I'm sharing, you know, you're, you're leaning into my origination point from yours. So we're already one, you know, you've already interpenetrated. And then where I'm looking is I'm leaning into the emergent moment. Like what's just, what am I just noticing? What am I just sensing? You know, I'm, 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 kind of not having to make sense. I don't have to entertain you. I don't even have to have you understand what I'm saying. You know, like you have to get all of that off of people that they can say anything. And then like learning how to sense into and follow the emergent moment. And it is crazy how powerful it is. Like when, two, when people really start to learn how to do that, what happens in a half an hour? And, the, and part of what it is is that there's a new consciousness that's coming into the planet. That, that can only be revealed this way in my experience. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, subjective. Mostly what people are learning a lot is still how do you go inside yourself and sense into your energies and how you're affecting people and, you know, your body and how do I sense my, what thoughts and I'm witnessing and all of that. It's not that. Because that's subjective. That's you being over there, being very attuned to yourself by yourself. You know, you're very in your own little subjective bubble. And if I'm tracking myself that way, I'm in my own subjective bubble. And we're very separate. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, we might share with each other deeply and I might listen empathetically, but I'm still way the hell over here and you're over there. Hmm. So if you don't learn how to, where to come from that can become one and is still distinct and then where to lean you're in a different world than the one i'm pointing to how would you guide someone into that shift well in a way i just kind of i said yeah. part of it i mean that's really the five part you know i mean it takes time to learn how to to know where to come from how to do it and also why i mean partly what everybody's doing is they're still very self-involved. I want to improve myself. I want to get enlightened. I want to personally transform. I want to be really successful. I don't know. You know, it's like there's just this sort of endless me, 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 me. Even on the highest levels, right? God bless us all. You know, we are we are trained to really be about our own something. And what this does is it starts like if your attention, if your consciousness is over here in me for 10 minutes. And then I'm with you and then we're together and then we're somewhere else. And, you know, you start getting smacked around. It's kind of like you've, you finally, your, your subjective citadel that you kind of live in starts to get moved enough of the time that you start to pop open. And that membrane of self-concern, which is so strong, especially, I live in Northern California. You know, I mean, this is like the capital of spiritual self-concern. <laughs> Um, 
and and it's it's been wonderful you know it's been sort of a very important movement in in the last couple thousand years but there's enough of us that need to start to hear there's some new consciousness there's a new kind of consciousness that is moving into this world that we have to start to, some people some people have to pay attention to it yeah yeah cuz you know a lot of i think spirituality and and um people interested in waking up and consciousness is proliferating into the world right now yeah, in a lot of ways great. and i think a lot of it is you know this kind of all, uh, technology that's been refined over thousands of years you know through buddhism and advaita and um you know sufism and beautiful things but this is um, you know, it's all very individualistic and it's a lot about what you, you know, this witnessing consciousness that you talked about. And so right. I think that's worth making that distinction again, that this is something very different, like mutually waking up together. Right. So I've been doing this for like 10 years and recently um, two different things happened. But the one thing that I'll just share with you that happened, you know, like two weeks ago, it's my cat who's... <laughs> <laughs> trying to get some attention here <laughs> Hello. vibing off the conversation <laughs> um, so what I read so uh, Carl Dr. Carl Johan Kalemann uh, mm. some people may know who he is is a um, Swedish writer um, has written about 10 books about science and and basically all of the like kind of the waves of existence and the big bang and you know, this whole thing. Right. I mean, the book, my, my new favorite book, listen to the title. It says the nine waves of creation, quantum physics, holographic evolution and the destiny of humanity. Right. So it's a kind of light topic. Uh, but when I, and he had done some of my courses, you know, he just sort of quietly did some of my courses like four or five years ago. And, uh, that he reached out to me and he sent me his book and he was just a very humble, brilliant man who's kind of in our world. You know, he kind of knows everybody. And I hadn't, I started to read his book, but in the beginning of it, it's very scientific, you know? And so I was like overwhelmed and busy. And so I never got to the ninth wave. So he says basically, and it tracks on to spiral dynamics and integral theory and you know, there are waves of civilization, obviously, you know, and evolution that have come into existence, you know, from, from no life, you know, the geosphere when, when it was just matter and the earth to living things, to human beings, to the thinking layer of the earth and the rest of it. So I reached into, I ke it kept talking to me and I thought, why, why do I, why am I thinking about this book? So I grabbed it and then I read the ninth wave which is the last wave of basically what he's saying is these waves of evolution that come in are literally like they're making things possible that weren't possible before. So in evolution, people that have studied the evolutionary trajectory, you realize that something comes into existence. Like it almost like shows up out of nowhere and then it goes on for millions of years or 10,000 years. And then all of a sudden something else shows up like human beings that could think, where did that come from? You know, how did we have like, a, you know, like rocks and water and then all of a sudden we had life, living things. I mean, that's kind of, you know, these jumps happen and nobody can really explain it, not even the scientists. So, um, so he's basically saying that these waves are the waves of creation. They're like imprints of what, what is next in evolution. 
and that this ninth wave, right? So the fifth, the sixth, seventh, and eighth waves started 10 million, 10,000 years ago when religion began. So when you were talking about, you know, the Christian religion, Advaita, you know, the various things where we learn to meditate, where we learn to pray, where we were learning how to have personal salvation and individual enlightenment was 3,000 years ago when the sixth wave began. And technologies came in, not technologies like we have now, but technologies of fire, of tools, of the Iron Age, of various things, you know, coming into existence, coming into existence, seventh wave, more technologies. And this eighth wave has been also very much what we've been paying attention to, which is psychology and very, you know, new ways, more eclectic ways of approaching spirituality. People often don't just belong to one religion, mm. right? You know, there's, there's eclectic ways that we do things. And technology has been one of the drivers of evolution. You know, it's scary. If you read any of those books about the singularity and the things that are going on, it's actually will keep you up at night. It's crazy. I mean, what it is that, that humans are doing in the negative and the positive is unbelievable. It's overwhelming. And our consciousness has not changed. So we have, we definitely have good and evil consciousness still operative. You know, there's a dualistic consciousness that we are very much still swimming in. So I read the ninth wave and I keep thinking, you know, cause I told you we're launching a global online community that where people can actually practice. And, and I kept thinking, I'm so sick of all of the information the blogs and the things that you know it's almost like the the thinking layer like the eighth wave is so full it's so full like you just want to go crazy and it feels like more and more of that is not going to get us to where we need to go so i read the ninth wave and the ninth wave is exactly what we've been doing which is the ninth wave just came in as far as this new evolutionary pattern that's if you align with it do you know what I mean? It actually starts to shape your consciousness. And the whole thing, there's no darkness in it. I kept saying, you don't have to work on your shadow. You know, I'm like, I'm like saying things that I would never have said. I mean, I've been working with people for 40 years. I know how crazy we are. You know, I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not Pollyanna. But I kept thinking there's something about this consciousness that when you enter into it together, like you get lifted, things get burned away. It's more of a kenosis. It's not like you're getting better. You're dissolving in a certain way. And he says that in the ninth wave, it's not driven by technology, that actually it is, it is, it is purely about union with the divine and union with each other. That that's the whole secret. And that we're being given the possibility of that like we've never been before. You know, whatever that consciousness is, that as we ground in that, then so many other things will happen and we will turn around and begin to transform all of the things that we have that are so tainted with inequality and divisiveness and selfishness. You know, you discover who you are and why you're here out of a complete relationship with with the, the destiny of existence. Like you're asking really, how do I fit in there and what can I do? Instead of I'm on my agenda and I know who I am and what I want. I see how uh, there's an a growing interest in this around the world. I get that we need to move to some kind of 
culture where we we orient around that every move we make as individuals serves the whole that that improves the whole in some way uh, there's something i want to bring up which okay. is you know a lot of people listening might be like well where's the place for me for my individual individuated self where does our uniqueness or our individuality fit in with this right um so one thing is is so i just want to say first because I was one of the, the perpetuators, you know, and developers of, you know, in the last 45 years, our, our individuality, you know, I'm part of the me generation, you know, I'm a baby boomer, you know, we started that, you know, I mean, we didn't start it, but we, we brought it to great heights. <laughs> um, and so there's been an incredible, like, crescendo of the last 3,000 years of finally being in a place where our individuality is so honored and so particular and so developed. I mean, Pandora knows what I want to listen to. Your computer delivers up. I mean, it's insane. You know, you can't go to a coffee shop almost anywhere and not get five different kinds of dairy, non-dairy, coffee. You know, I mean, the particularity that we have manifested in this world at this point is is it is is a masterpiece it was never like that you know we were just like part of a herd more or less mm. and very generic and so there's something exquisitely beautiful about that and so i'm not saying not that however when 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 one develops you always keep going i mean hopefully you know at least a lot of people need to keep going and um the particularity that I'm working with very powerfully is this origination point particularity is not on a gross level, you know, my physical part, Patricia, or my subtle or my story. You know, there's a lot of different dimensions of my individuality that I might be busy with. This particularity, which is, is in, it's causal, it's actually invisible, but it's more at the core of who I am than any of the other. And you know, you know, I mean, when we did some practice and you know that like if somebody really loves you, they really get you there. Whatever that is, you kind of feel seen. You feel like, oh, they see me. Mm. Like they really see me. You can't even explain what, the, what it means. But you feel seen. You feel like, oh, right. And you feel like you've been met, like some part of you has been actually connected with. So the particularity and the uniqueness that you are there, which we work with very intensively, um, which we work with intensively in the practices and the various other things that we do, it becomes so clear that basically you don't worry about your particularity. Jeremy, it's kind of like you're so seen in a way that you're almost never seen anybody it's more rare in the consciousness that we live in that your life is being driven by this real particularity, not your ego particularity. Mm. And you feel more aligned with that and the divine and life so that it also is really clear where you belong, where you don't belong, who you belong with, who you don't belong with. You know, a lot of the compromise, a lot of the object relations, you know, like I'm sure when you used to do circling, you know, projections, you see lots and lots and lots and lots of, endless projections. You know, most people's relationships are a lot of projection. Mm. You know, real contact is rare. Mm. So 
the projections fall away. In this consciousness, you, you feel the immediacy of contact with what is actually real. You're not inside all those projections. And so your individuality is more called forth and honored than in any other way of working that I've ever seen. Um, I, I wonder if there's a, a way that you, you know, like I, I get that people listening into this podcast, yeah, they're yeah. going to be um, getting this <laughs> sense of this space that you're talking about and feeling the possibility of meeting and living from that place. I wonder yeah. if there's a way, like any way you could, you know, how, how can coaches bring this into their work more? That's my, that's my simple well, way they, of questioning. They first, they have to get educated. I mean, first yeah. they have to be curious enough to go, does she make any sense? I don't know. Kind of sounds interesting. You know, I mean, they have to sort of like go, do I want to find out about whatever this is? Because you can't do it from like a tip. You know, I can't say something in 30 seconds that's going to make any difference. Um, the only thing I can do is possibly inspire them enough to, to go further, to go, what are we talking about here? So they can go to my website and download evolutionarycollective.com. They can download the first three chapters of the book for free. So that gives them some sense of whether or not I make sense or, you know, whether or not they're attracted. Um, if that attracts them, then you have to find the experience. You have to then do a practice. You know, you'd have to learn how to do a practice and engage in that. And through that, through the beginning of like coming into it, like you can't talk about meditation. You actually have to do it. And hopefully you do it with somebody who has some transmission capacity so that you don't wander around in your head for 10 years before you ever experience the real power of meditation. So my recommendation is download the chapters, read the book if they're interested, come learn how to practice, how to do this. You know, we, we teach a five-part thing. Um, and then from there, it could genuinely open up a whole new, it isn't just like something to add on, but it could, it could open up a very different place to come from in the power of working with your people. And that would give you a kind of like that interpenetration, that being inside and with also people think like, oh my God, how do you, how do you see me? You know, I mean, that utterly, you like get even way inside them. You know, it's almost like you feel like they're kind of like your magic. Like they, they, they can't understand how the depth of where you are with them can also help to move their lives. But I do think I do think it'll be interesting because we have I have 17 teachers that are in my work at this point, and I've been calling it the teacher body, and I've been teaching them. And I'm clear because I was around at the beginning, like when coaching came into existence, you know, working with Warner in 1971 as a teenager. Um, you know, he started that conversation, breakdowns, breakthroughs, you know, all that kind of stuff came from what we were doing back in the 70s, right? And it still works. I mean, it's still unbelievably effective um, as far as the certain kind of clarity and, and conversations and being in dialogue and stuff. So I know now, like with our teacher thing, we're actually creating a new genre of a way to work with individuals and groups because it's really coming from a different place. And we're discovering, and I have teachers doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with people and they're, you know, they got PhDs and they've been therapists and coaches. And so it's kind of fascinating to see 
what the what the twist is, like kind of where it turns, because you're still dealing with someone's individual life. But it's really got a different context and different power to it. And there's a different orientation as the coach, you know, as the person who's working with the person. It's, it's different. Because it's not entirely mutual because I'm there for you. Right. So there is the asymmetry there where I'm there empowering you, you know, but there's, it's just, it's very interesting. It's different. Yeah. I, and, I, 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 it, and I think there'll be a school, like in another five years, I think we will have enough clarity about how to actually teach people to work from a different place. Yeah. Is there anything you want to share before we bring the conversation to a close to people listening? I mean, I just think, you know, basically it's still like the innovators, you know, the people that do stuff at the beginning of anything. Cause I was, I've always sort of been with those folks is they never really know why they're doing it. They kind of smell it. They kind of go, I don't know what she's talking about, but I don't know. What is that? You know, I mean, they, there's something that moves you. So if I'm talking to anybody, I'm talking to the people that have that in that kind of instinct. Yeah. I feel like my job, you know, is to keep writing books and talking and, you know, and then doing the deep work with the people that are like, okay, I'm part of that tribe. And, you know, you couldn't get rid of me if you wanted to mm. <laughs> um, is obviously that's my favorite part. But, but I, as I go around the country and I talk online and I do different things, I know it's a dog whistle. I mean, I know that I don't make sense to a lot of people and I know I don't have to. You know, I know that the people that it's the dog whistle for, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I, w- I don't know what that is, but there's something about that I need to find out more. Mm. So that would be what I'd say, you know. And if not, it doesn't matter. Keep doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever people are doing, we're still moving things forward. The eighth wave, you know, there's certain things that are still moving and fulfilling themselves. Um, and that's important as well. Very important. You know, I mean, the planet is not very enlightened yet, but there are people that they go, maybe it isn't about my shadow anymore. Maybe it isn't about, you know, like some, they're kind of going, I don't know. It feels like I need to like go someplace new. And I would say, come, you know, come talk to me. You know, I I definitely know where, where and how to get in. Mm. It's like, it's like the barbed wire separation. I know how to get under the fence. Tell me, I know, I know how to get under. (laughs) Where can we find out more about your work? So yeah, if they go to evolutionarycollective.com, evolutionarycollective.com, they can right there, it says download the first three chapters. That would be the first thing. And for those who are, you know, definitely interested, they're kind of like, yeah, I want to, I want to do this practice thing. The five part series that the five part course that we'll be doing with my conversation and then someone doing the exercises, someone else, um, we're going to do one for Europeans in September. And I, I just, it's a joy being with you. I've, I've, like I said, I've always liked you, yeah. you know, felt a certain connection. when we met. So I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. It's great. You've yeah. kept going and continue to evolve in your own work. It's clear. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, I remember that meeting too. It was beautiful. Um, likewise, yeah. you know, it's just great to hear how your work's evolved and that you're now leveraging the internet to try to 
you know, bring this work to, to yeah. larger and larger groups of people, which I think is, is needed and powerful. So, yeah. And yeah. even with, we realize like with organizations and stuff, the, the five part training could be done for a whole organization. Mm. You know, it's not expensive. You know, they get the downloads and blah, blah, blah. and then they could actually be a part of the, the global community. Do I mean, they can continue to practice like a yoga studio. You know, there's classes you can keep practicing so that you can deepen into the consciousness itself without it being like a whole big deal. Hey, well, Patricia, then um, thank you very much. And um, thank you. I hope we get a chance to speak again. Me too. Thank you. Hello, Joel here again. Just a quick one to say, if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you would be willing to share it. Uh, you can head to the podcast page at coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. And on Patricia's page, you'll find some share buttons and you can share it via Facebook, whatever. I'd love that. And and if you want to stay in the loop about upcoming podcasts or Coaches Rising offerings, then you can just add your name to the the sign-up box you find on the podcast pages too. You just put your name and email in there and then you'll stay in the loop. Other than that, have a great week. Thank you.